Welcome to the All In Your Head podcast, where we get all in your head. We are a mental health podcast focused on anything and everything mental health. We will have special guests ranging from mental health experts, mental health advocates, and just everyday people with real struggles. We will share laughs, we will share cries, but most importantly, we will have real conversations about mental health. So with that being said, let's get all in your head. Woohoo! I am so excited for our guest today. We have Julie McAllister, who is a licensed professional counselor, nationally certified counselor, and a certified EMDR therapist. She is the co-founder of EMDR Transformations Counseling in Gilbert, Arizona. Julie has worked in the field of trauma for the past 14 years. She specializes in treating complex trauma and attachment, as well as working with first responders and members of the LGBTQ community. With that being said, let's get into it. One of the main areas that we're going to discuss today is just trauma, right? And your work with trauma. And I'd like to hear from you what got you into that work initially. I grew up in a home where there was a lot of parental divorce, multiple divorces, and alcoholism. And ultimately, my 18 year old sister committed suicide. She took her own life. And of course, it was devastating for my family. And at that point, I just knew, you know, she had struggled with depression and, and she felt very alone in her experience. And I knew that I wanted to work with teenagers initially. And that's so that really inspired me to get into the mental health field. Sorry about that. It was a very tragic event to go through. Yeah. And I'm sure you had to go through your own process of recovering from something like that. Absolutely. And um, I still am. I mean, and that was many, many years ago, it was a uh, 94, I believe, or 96. It's been so long, I don't even remember the exact year, but um, it's been a long time. And and even now in my own work, there are things that can be triggering. I mean, I, I no sooner do I feel like, okay, that's been so long ago, that's in the past. And then just something comes up and it's like right here again, which is really how trauma works. Yeah, that's a big one. That's one that has a ripple effect. That's one that stays with you, stays with your family forever. Like that's not something that ever goes away. So we're going to talk about trauma and your work with trauma. And I think it's helpful just to, it's helpful for people to get a good understanding of what it even is. And so how would you describe trauma to people? I like to start with a really simple definition of trauma. And that is trauma is a threat that you're not prepared to handle. So that can be something like, you know, the big T traumas that we know about, right? You know, rape, domestic violence, death of a loved one, severe illness or injury, a natural disaster, witnessing an an act of violence. All of those types of things are big T traumas, right? But then there's also little T traumas. And those are the things that happened every day over and over again, you know, that can be childhood neglect, just the absence of a really attuned and nurturing caregiver. Hoo-hoo. Have you ever had trouble with disengaged patients in your group therapy sessions? Duh. How about patients who can repeat most topics back verbatim but still end up back in treatment again and again? 
The Institute for the Advancement of Group Therapy Bridges That Gap. They provide training for counselors and therapists on maximizing patient engagement and recovery skill building in the group therapy setting so that patients can successfully apply what they've learned outside the four walls of therapy. Upon completion of the course, participants receive 10 NADAC-accredited CEUs and an official credential as a Certified Group Therapy Expert, or CGTE. To learn more about the much-needed training and apply for credentialing, contact them via their website at grouptherapycertification.com or email at certification at grouptherapycertification.com. So trauma can be not only what happened to you, but what didn't happen. We talk about loss too sometimes, and we think about loss, we think about physical loss, and that's very traumatic. But what we don't oftentimes spend time with people on and thinking about is that psychological loss. People who should be present in your life, but aren't for whatever reason. And sometimes because of substance use, sometimes because of other demands, but that's a loss too. That's not something that we focus on as much as that physical loss. And that can be very traumatic to have someone in your life that's supposed to be in your life, but they're not for some reason. Absolutely. If you think you've experienced trauma, you've had difficult things happen to you, when does it get to a point where you should look into getting help? You know, first let's, I guess, talk about what are some of the symptoms that trauma is affecting you. And that's maybe kind of can lead into helping understand, you know, at what point do we need to do something about this? So trauma can cause a host of symptoms like sleep disturbance. That could be insomnia or hypersomnia, irritability, anxiety and depression, of course, feeling alone hypervigilance, feeling unreal or out of your body, dissociation, numbing, nightmares, flashbacks, of course, uh, substance abuse or other addictive behaviors. It can show up as anger and rage, shame and worthlessness, decreased concentration or you know, minimized cognitive abilities. It can also show up in relationship difficulties And it can show up in physical ailments like migraines or headaches. You can have gut issues. Trauma is stored in our bodies. So looking at all of those things, if you notice that, you know, as I kind of went through that list of a lot of different symptoms, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're hearing, you know, oh, I check that, check that, check that, then that might be a clue to you that, you know, this is, this is really interfering with my life. And If it's interfering with your life, you're struggling in your relationships, you're struggling to go to work uh, or to go to school and to show up and to be present in those environments, then it might be a good time to seek help. Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned what it can keep you from as well, because in my work, I like to focus on decrease and increase. And sometimes in order to increase, you have to decrease. And that's reducing those symptoms of anxiety of trauma, of depression, whatever it is, so that you can increase other areas of your life. If you're experiencing these different symptoms that you just mentioned, it's going to impact your life in some way. And it's going to potentially impact relationships. It's going to impact work. It's going to impact school. And you're not going to be able to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. And that's how it interferes. Yeah, 100%. So when you notice this, you notice that you experience this, you can recognize uh, that you've had traumatic events or difficult times. What types of help is there? I think that depending on the severity of symptoms, I think that talking to a mental health professional is a great place to start. There's 
a lot of different things you can do. You can, of course, if you're feeling suicidal, you can call the suicide hotline or text, um, which is a national hotline. Um, and you could just text 988 or call 988. That's a huge resource there. Um, and then, of course, Psychology Today is a really great website to find therapists who might be a fit for you. And you can do sorting and filtering on that website if you have insurance or you want a specific treatment modality or you're looking for somebody in a certain area uh, or you just want to look at a picture of a, a therapist and see if their picture even resonates with you mm -hmm. or their their bio, that kind of thing. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned that because I I feel bad for people who are looking for therapists right now because there's just so many options and we provided better access. We provide tools like psychology today, but it can be overwhelming to, mm -hmm. to sift through. And I mean, how do you really even know if someone's going to be effective? Right. And it's challenging. It's challenging mm -hmm. to find someone, especially for trauma. There's nothing worse than telling your trauma narrative, telling your trauma story with someone. It just doesn't, it's not working, right. It's not being effective and you have to find someone else and start over. Right. Right. And just because you're talking about your trauma doesn't mean it's going to it's going to help you. Right. It's yeah, one step. 100%. You have you have to be able to talk about it. You have to talk about your trauma narrative, but then you have to do something with it. So I don't know if you have any advice as to how you find an effective therapist. And I know a lot of therapists offer consultations, free 15-minute consultations. And so maybe that's where you can get a sense. And what would you even ask during those consultations that might give you somewhat of an idea if this person can help you? Well, that's a really great question. I think um, I'm glad you brought up the consultations because I think that that's huge. And and yeah, we do that at my practice as well. I mean, let's see if we're a fit. Let's see if this is something that's within that therapist's wheelhouse. So, I, you know, I, I share a little bit about what I'm experiencing and I would be asking questions about their experience. What is their experience working with this issue? Do mm -hmm. they have any advanced training in it? Are they are they a new therapist? Have they been doing this for a while? I think those would be some important questions to ask in a consultation. And then also just get a feel for them. How do they, you know, are they relaxed and comfortable? Are they, you know, kind of uptight? Or are you doing all the talking? Are they talking? You know, or just get a feel. Does this feel good to me? Is, this, is there good energy here? Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I, I find that in consultations, I think that most people know within the first minute or two, if this is someone who I can connect with, right? And some of it's just based on things that they can't change about themselves, their communication style, what they look like. You know, I would tell people, don't feel bad if you just don't feel like it's a good fit. There's a lot of options out there. So if, if you don't get a good sense, if they can't communicate how they would help you, I think that's important too. And that goes back to like the training. Have they helped people like you before? How would they help you? I think those are all really important questions. And 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 do a couple when you're Love buying it. when you're buying a car you don't buy the first one you test drive right you test drive a couple and you get a, you're able to compare it to other cars and so yeah don't don't buy the first car that you test drive i guess is is my advice as regards to that that's good advice i think generally i like to for myself i like to say try three times yeah. Try three different people or try, you know, drive, drive the car three times. If you're, if you're going to a, you know, a mental health group, go three times before you decide, do I want to continue this group or not? Because the first couple times are going to be weird, you know? And, and yeah, if you're 
look, you know, you're doing that consultation and you're looking for a mental health professional, definitely talk to three different people. You owe that to yourself. This is your story. The rule of three. Yeah. Interview three therapists and then make sure you do at least three sessions with that therapist to see, to just kind of see where it's going. I regret it when I don't do three. I really do. I've found that throughout my life. That's some wisdom that uh, I've, I've learned over the years for sure. I think we just invented something, the rule of three. There we go. I like it. It can apply to a lot of things in life. Yeah. So once you find that therapist, what can you expect? Because I think a lot of people are are leery to do trauma work because they might have some misperceptions about what it is. And I will Mm -hmm. say too, every trauma therapist is different too. And there are some trauma therapists that don't even spend a lot of time talking about your trauma. There are some that talk about it very specifically. So it's hard to tell people exactly what to expect, right? But just to ease maybe some people's anxieties about what to expect when they're going through trauma therapy, generally, what do you think that they can expect? I think it really does, as you said, vary per therapist. Um, I know how, you know, I'll, I'll treat somebody when they're coming into my office, we're going to be looking to gather some history and learn a little bit about this client and what's bringing them to therapy. What's, What's their past that is informing their present experience and why now? Why is now the time to come and do this? As a therapist, I also want to evaluate, is this a good time for you to do therapy? Do you have major events going on in your life? Because we're going to dig some things up, right? We're going to be really digging into things that are difficult. So, you know, is this a good time and what supports and resources do you have to help you if this starts to kick stuff up for you. So that's going to be another aspect of it. I really like that you said that. I'm glad that you said that because it's not always, yes, we want to address trauma, especially if there's trauma symptoms, but it's not always the right time. And a good therapist will be able to evaluate that for you and help you make a decision if it is the right time. And if you are still experiencing your trauma, if you're in an unsafe relationship, an unsafe situation, it's probably not the right time. Or it might be a time for a specific type of therapy, Yeah. right? Maybe they just need support right now. Maybe they need somebody to help paint a picture of what it could look like if they could get out of that situation. Maybe they need resources, right? It, it really depends on where the person is, the type of therapy that you're going to do with them and what you can provide for them. Yeah. And I think that's really important for people to hear what you just said and it's not always the right time to bring up this yeah. stuff. If you've got, right. you, you said it, but if you've got some stressful things coming up, your life is a little bit in chaos. It's not, because yeah. in my work with people, and I'm curious if you agree, Julie, but sometimes I feel like things get worse before they get better, especially if you're talking about drama. 100%, yeah. Yeah, so if your life is already in chaos and there's already things going on and you start doing trauma therapy and things, all these emotions are coming up, it can make it can make your situation worse. Yeah, you're totally right about that. That's a really good point. Yeah, so just making sure just making sure it's the right time for you. And at some point, especially if you have all those symptoms that you just mentioned, at some point, you're going to need it, right? But I always tell people as a therapist, you know, I'm not going to help everyone. I just know that. Right. But I don't want to make anyone worse. <laughs> and so yeah. and then that's really, that's really important to me. And so, you know, having a, a skilled therapist, especially with trauma, I think, I think there's some general issues, depression, anxiety that a lot of people 
can help. A lot of therapists can help and have some background, but trauma is very specific. And especially, you know, you said big T, you know, those are the big traumas, especially with big T traumas. If you have a trauma like that, I wouldn't go to just a generalist, someone who helps a lot of people with a lot of different things, really find someone who specializes in trauma because the stakes are pretty high. And if you had a really significant event, some significant trauma, you've got these symptoms that you mentioned, you don't want to get worse by going to treatment, right? And you want to find somebody that knows what to do with this. That's a really important point. I think that finding somebody that really knows what they're doing is going to make a big difference in in the kind of work that you do. One of the things that I see in my practice, uh, where we are all trauma therapists, is that we have people that come to us that have had therapy in the past, and they said it didn't work for them, or it wasn't effective. And I think it's because they're seeing people who I mean, there's various reasons why it didn't work, don't get me wrong. But I think they're, you know, sometimes they're seeing people who don't have the experience to help them with what they really need help with. And it what breaks my heart about that is that we put our trust in people right? We, you know, it's really hard to go and open up and you put your trust in that therapist. And if they are not in 100% and they're not qualified to help you with what you need help with, that can be very damaging. That can really, really taint people's view of therapy and if it can help them. And then it can also make them feel very hopeless about their situation. It can worsen their situation. So it's really important to have somebody that's qualified. And that's why going back to that consultation, what are your qualifications? How can you help me? Why should I see you instead of somebody else? Yeah, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but I feel like our field has a lot of variance in skill therapists. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. for different reasons. And some of it has to do with education and, and then continuing education. And that's part of the reason why I said I feel bad for people right now to a certain extent who are looking for a therapist because some of them have to cycle through some of the bad ones to get to a good one. And I I, I hate that that's the case. And it's not like that in other professions. Like generally all the dentists that I've gone to are good dentists and they generally know what they're doing. Like some are a little bit better than others, but can you imagine going to a dentist that doesn't know what they're doing? Like your teeth would be jacked up. Who wants, who wants jacked up teeth, right? And right. Just like if you've got a lot of these emotional problems, you don't want to get, you don't want to get worse, right? So that that is important, and we mentioned some of the things that can help the consultation, doing your own research, asking the right questions, and then once you're in the treatment, just getting a sense if this is working, and give the therapist a couple of sessions. But if if it gets to a point where you don't feel like it's helping, Switch. you got you to have enough courage to make that decision, and it's hard yeah. to be honest with your therapist and. And give them that feedback and hopefully your therapist won't take it personal because we're trained as therapists to ask for feedback, number one, from our clients, but also not take it personal if it's not working and just, you know, switch and move on to someone else, especially as it relates to trauma stories. Yeah. And I mean, I think just to add to that, they're just like anything. I'm sure there are bad therapists out there, but I think often it's really about goodness of fit. It's not necessarily, it's not necessarily a bad therapist per se. I mean, there could be, but it's somebody who maybe doesn't know how to treat what you're coming in for, or somebody who just doesn't mesh with you. You don't have that right connection with, and it just doesn't feel safe for you. And if you go into a therapy setting and you don't feel safe to share, that therapist can't help you. Even if they have all the skills, if you don't 
feel really comfortable with them, it doesn't matter what their training is because you're not going to be able to open up. You're not going to be able to do the work that you need to do. And so I think that a lot of times when I get a client who said it didn't work before with this other therapist, I don't think it's necessarily that that therapist was a bad therapist. I think that that therapist just didn't have the qualifications or the training to meet for this, for this specific issue, or they just, they didn't jive for whatever reason, because it can be something that's from the therapist side, or it can be from the client side or both. Yeah, yeah really. I completely agree. I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. There are some bad therapists out there too. I, I do know there, that. But, yeah, but, I know, I know. But but a lot of times it's just goodness of fit, you know, rapport and relationship is so. It's a huge, know, huge listen, thing. That's yeah. one of the biggest, one of the biggest indicators of whether or not you're going to be successful in therapy is if you have that therapeutic connection. Yeah. And I mentioned the dentist thing. I, I can never talk to my dentist and I could not even like my dentist, but he could still do a good job. Right. Right. But, right. But with but in therapy, therapy, it's different. different. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree. You know, I want to talk to you about EMDR too, because Mm -hmm. as it relates to trauma and big T trauma specifically, that's an intervention that has a lot of research and it's very specialized as it relates to trauma. And so not everyone needs EMDR to help them and to get through whatever they're experiencing. But what is EMDR? EMDR stands for eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. And it is a therapy that was developed in the 80s by Francine Shapiro and is a highly researched, what we call evidence-based therapeutic modality. EMDR, it was initially developed to work with veterans and PTSD to treat PTSD. But what we have found over the years and in tons of tons of research is that EMDR can also treat pretty much anything else, um, any other symptoms or disturbances that you're, or issues that you want to work on. EMDR basically helps, it helps unlock things that get stuck in the brain. So when a traumatic event occurs, it can get stuck in the brain with the original images, sounds, smells, body sensations. It can just kind of get stuck in a part of your brain. And what we do uh, with EMDR is we use eye movements or another type of bilateral stimulation, which is stimulating both sides of your brain. We use that to help unlock this traumatic memory that has gotten stuck. And then it processes through the brain, just like anything else would. You're able to develop some new insight and awareness and your symptoms reduce. You come to understand that that traumatic event is no longer occurring. It is in the past. You're able to leave it in the past and leave all of those triggers that come up associated with it in the past where it belongs. Yeah. And how long does that usually take to be effective? it really varies. It can be very quick. I love EMDR so much. When somebody, this is going to sound weird. This is, this is one of these weird therapist <laughs> things, but when somebody comes into me in to see me with a big T trauma, I'm so excited. <laughs> I know that sounds weird, but I'm so excited because I know I'm going to be able to help them very quickly very quickly. So um, you could you could have complete resolution on a trauma within one session. Believe it or not, that can happen with a big T trauma. It is 
almost miraculous. I mean, we call it magic because of that. You can have, I mean, it, it really varies per client. It varies how much trauma they have, how complex is this trauma? Do we have layers of trauma? Is this a single incident trauma? But for a single incident, big T trauma, it can be very, very quick. It can, I mean, it it could happen as quick as a session. That is very rare, I will say, when it happens that quickly. I mean, you, as a therapist, you're going to want to do your assessment and all of that kind of stuff before you jump in and process that. So I don't want to create a misconception that, oh, great, I'm going to find an EMDR mm -hmm. therapist. I got this big T trauma and I'm just going to go knock it out in my first session with them and that'll be done. But um, with that being said, once you're, once you're doing the EMDR process, it could be as quick as a session. It could take six to nine sessions uh, to knock that out, which would be typical for a big T trauma. And then much longer, if you're working on those little T traumas, you're working on childhood trauma, and you can add in a lot of different therapeutic modalities in addition to EMDR to work on those issues. I know to be an EMDR therapist, you have to experience EMDR yourself as a, as a client. What was that like for you? life-changing. <laughs> that's, that's why I live and breathe EMDR. I really do. Yeah, it was life-changing. I, uh, for EMDR training, you have to do two weekend long trainings. So um, it's about 50 hours for the basic training of EMDR. That's the initial training. And after weekend one of the training, they have you start practicing EMDR. And so you split off into groups with other therapists who are receiving the training and you take turns being the client and the therapist and you work on real issues. Mm -hmm. And I worked on some real issues for myself. And I realized that Sunday night after the training that I absolutely needed to do more of this. Mm -hmm. And I was already online looking for my EMDR therapist and began my journey as a patient of EMDR. That's great. As an advocate of EMDR, someone who went through it, experienced it, and were able to see the effects, right? Like you're you're offering something that you know works, which I'm sure impacts how you offer it. And, and I'm, you know, I can feel the passion coming from you as it relates to EMDR. And I'm sure that's where it's coming from because you've experienced it. You know it works. And so you want to help people in the same way that you were helped. 100%. I, you know, it kind of brings up something that is important to note as a, as a therapist, if you have not uh, received that modality of treatment yourself, how the heck are you going to know what it's like to experience that? How can you really relate to your clients? It's a great question to ask in that consultation. <laughs> do you do your own therapy? Have you done your own work? Can you give me the contact information for your therapist so I can talk to them? <laughs> <laughs> Probably too not. far. That, then I go, yeah. okay, boundaries. I'm not sure if you're a good fit for me as a client. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Just for some bonus material, we've got the holidays coming up and we've actually experienced some holidays as well, but it's holiday season. And I find that holidays are a time that's difficult for a lot of people. And there's just a lot of trauma reminders around the holidays because you're around people from the past, you're in places from the past, you're even smelling things from the past. Like, there's all types of trauma reminders around this time of year. And so what advice would you give people around the holidays and and just kind of recognizing your own reminders and triggers and how to manage all of that? 
Yeah, I think that I'm glad you mentioned that with this time of year coming up, because it really does bring up a lot for people, uh, whether it's spending time with family members that are triggering for them, or it, the reminders, just like you said, the holiday decor, the lights and things like that, that for my family has been a reminder, my sister died on December 6th, she was just decorating for Christmas before she died. So, it, you know, it is you know, in the beginning, it was really hard. Christmas time was a hard time of year because of that. And I know it is for others as well. So I think that just allowing yourself the time that you need to attend to your own self-care, you've got to be able to regulate yourself. And there are so many ways to do that. But one of my favorite ways to regulate myself is to take a walk in nature. There is a there's something to that rhythmic pattern of walking that can help us calm. It can help us process what we're going through. And if we do it in nature, it ups the ante. It's even mm -hmm. better, you know? So that's a huge thing is just taking some time for yourself. You know, my family was just in town and I was thinking, well, I'm going to cancel my Pilates class so I can be with my family. And then I thought, no, I'm going to Pilates. I still go to Pilates because I, I don't want to miss out on my self-care time. And that's really important, you know, to do that. So take breaks, attend to your normal routine as much as you can. Be mindful of what you're eating and drinking. Uh, because there's so many celebrations mm. and things like that. But those things take their toll on us, too. If we're eating a ton of sugar, that can affect our mental health. And of course, if we're drinking a lot of alcohol mm -hmm. or sugar-laden drinks, that can, you know, that can affect us, too. So be mindful of your nutrition the best that you can during that time. I mean, still indulge, have some fun, but just be self-aware, you know. So taking that time to yourself can allow you to have the awareness of what's happening. So what am I, what's happening in the present time right now? How am I doing? Also meditation, I want to mention, just grounding yourself with some meditation. You can do, meditation can be very, very simple. You can do one minute a day even and get the benefit of meditation. That is how magical meditation is. And so it can allow you just that time to regroup and connect with yourself. It's really important to do that. Yeah, I have a YouTube channel, the Mental Health Training Camp, and I did a YouTube short on how to how to navigate the holidays. And it's some of the things that you mentioned. So one of them was don't compare yourself to others. I think the holidays is a time where, especially if you're visiting family, you're visiting friends, you're going to their houses, you're seeing their new cars, and I think it's tempting to just start to compare yourself to others. And, you know, I always tell people, you never win when you start comparing, because even if you have more, you're putting value on people based on things oftentimes, right? So you never win. And someone's so true. Yeah. And someone will always have something bigger, better, you know, whatever. Another thing that I mentioned in that YouTube short was keeping, keeping the past in the past, because, because we have these reminders, these triggers, we're tempted to bring up old stuff, combine that with alcohol and other things that might be going on. It can be a perfect storm. So be intentional at that time and make the most of it. And, and another thing that I mentioned was real simply stated, more water, less alcohol. Yeah. And that's something that you mentioned as well. Holidays are the time that people drink together and you combine that with these trauma triggers and everything else going on. It can be, like I said, it can be a perfect storm. So 
just be thoughtful of that and try to set this time up for success and take breaks too. As you mentioned, it is a good time where you can just take breaks, take time to yourself. And that's especially important for my introverts out there. I'm an introvert. And so I need to take space and just be by myself. And sometimes it's just for a few minutes and, you know, find a place, go outside, spend a little extra time in the bathroom, whatever it is for you, find that space. Yeah, absolutely. All of that. Julie, you provided a lot of helpful information on trauma and EMDR and, you know, you're truly an expert in the field as it relates to trauma. And so how can people find out more about you or your services? They can go to my website, emdrtransformationscounseling.com. I know that's a really long <laughs> website, web address. I'll put, um, so put it in the notes too. So there, okay, great. Thanks. Yeah. I have um, a group counseling practice in Gilbert, Arizona, and we have 11 therapists there at the practice or 11, 11 people at the practice. We've got a couple of people that are not therapists. Anyway, we, um, we all specialize in trauma and using EMDR is our main focus. You do great work in that space and, and really just keep up that good work. It sounds like you are helping a lot of people. Thanks, Jamie. You have just listened to the All In Your Head podcast. Learn more by following Jamie Glick on LinkedIn or by subscribing to the Mental Health Training Camp YouTube channel. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, you can call now or text 988 to get connected to free confidential support. Thanks for listening.